We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. friends welcome to mavs or i'm sorry pod maverick presents what is the name of this show it is mavs party it's about 1 11 in the morning on december 26th my name is kirk henderson i'm editor-in-chief over at mavsmoneyball.com josh bow and i just closed out a rather spirited discussion about the incredibly fun dallas mavericks 128 114 win for those of you who are still hanging out in the live show i just posted a link in the comments to a StreamYard uh, application. StreamYard is a very easy to use um, program where you just click in and it's almost like joining the work Zoom or whatever else you want it to be uh, where you you can come and um, talk basketball with me, ask me a question, get off takes about the game, tell me why I suck. I don't really care. I just want to talk hoops with you guys a little, little more. I'm not ready to go to sleep. I'm not ready to get on uh, the internet and go talk ball uh, with with Suns fans. I don't want to argue tonight. I just want to enjoy uh, this kind of win. So we're here. We're hanging out. Um, I usually have some some folks that come on up and talk basketball. Brian, maybe you'll be joining me soon. Jason, I see you from the old um, chat there that we used to have up on, uh, what was it, Spotify Live, but we're here. All right, so I got Brian hanging out with me late. He's going to come up first. So, folks, please look for the pinned comment in the chat. Click on that. Come up, and we will uh, we will talk. All right, Brian. Welcome, welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. How are you doing, buddy? Merry Christmas to you, man. I couldn't be better. We just witnessed an all-time performance. We just witnessed probably Luca's greatest regular season game ever. What are the other what are the other contestants? I really can't I, I was like trying to think about it and I'm like the 60 20 10 game, I think, is the other one. What else are we missing? I think I don't know. I really I really think that's the one. Cause I'm I'm pretty sure that was like some Celtics game where you had like four. Him beating the Celtics crazy. always feels great. Yeah, and it's usually because he does it with a buzzer beater too. That's that's sure. why it always feels more fun. But yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I can think of one. The 60-point uh, game is the only real contender, and even then, we were playing soft and getting our ass kicked by the Knicks for most of that game and managed to come back. Uh, this game, he was carving the suns up from whistle to final buzzer. That's probably right. That's probably right. I mean, that game, there was something about the flow of this game. Um that felt less labored 
I'm not sure how to describe it because like that was in the was that that was like the fourth or the fifth game of Luca's absolutely banana stretch where he was just carrying so much. There are elements of this game, and Josh and I just talked about it, where it felt like he got, and, and it's not just a feeling, he literally got significant contributions from some of his teammates that helped make that game feel, because it was 60 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists. Getting 15 helpers tonight, and he had some to Derek Jones Jr. that could have, like, just Jones was just missing wide open shots earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luka could have had 20, 20, 22 assists, something like that. Yeah, and I think that... <laughs> Who was it? God, it might have been Jason Gallagher that was uh, was on the timeline. Like, man, Lucas should get a Nobel Peace Prize for continuing to pass to these guys. And, <laughs> thank, God he, and thank God he did because Derek Jones came up huge in the second half. Man, he was so, so good. Like, I don't want to take the shot completely off of Luka, uh, Luka uh, too early, but. No, no, no. Let's talk Derek. Derek like, so like, we get it. Like, I, I just talked about Luca for a while. Luca will continue to get his shine. We can circle back to it. But I think I think the Derek Jones Jr. and the, the kind of other guy factor element really needs to be discussed. Dude, like, like Dante Exum, at least defensively, he was really good, too, on Booker. Uh, had an off night as far as playmaking. He was making some weird decisions on the move. But Derek Jones, dude, the job he did on Kevin Durant defensively, and then to do that, and then also in the second half, like have some shame and score what like twenty points? I think he had in the second half, something like that. Because I know he ended with twenty three. He I remember hearing twenty three being like, but... "When did that happen?" Right. Oh, here's where it happened. All over the place. <laughs> he yeah, he was dude just catching the ball on the wing, catching and going, uh, attacking, close out, hitting to the rim. Uh, being able to score on the move, getting inside, getting to the free throw line, eventually starting to knock down some open shots. Uh, I believe he hit a big one, I want to say, either at the end of the half or at the end of the third quarter that kind of got him going. And off of a, a hardy assist, no less, which is funny. That was a great – I've been such a vehement hater of Hardy. That was a, that was a great play and pass. Yeah, it, it it was in the shooting pocket. Derek Jones had very little else that he needed to do other than go through a shooting mo- motion. That I was, was very proud of that kid in that moment, man. I was like, yeah, that's that that's a grown up decision. I appreciate you, Jay. That's and, right, dude. If we could just get a little more of that, the few times he has to have the ball for more than two seconds, we we might be talking about something. But we're we're probably a ways away from that. But sure. Derek was awesome. Other Derek was awesome. Like I knew he was gonna have to have a big game uh, once we heard that Nurk was out. Honestly, Nurk's a Nurk's a wuss anyway, so I would expect Lively to have a big game regardless. But especially once we knew that he was out. Uh, now I'm not all that happy with how not just Lively, like Grant, all of our other centers that played in the first half, like Chemezi Metu, just do whatever you wanted on the boards. I'm not pleased with that, but. In the fourth quarter, when we needed to get stops, Derek and Derek and Luca were, and Dante Exxon, they were watch that man. And it was just really cool to see. And then Luca just deciding, okay, uh, you're going to double me? Fine. You're going to close off all the driving lanes for my teammates? Fine. They're just going to get the ball back to me, and I'm just going to hit another three right in your face. And we're yeah. just going to do this until the game ends. The one in the, and, and, the one in the first quarter that came off a dribble handoff on the left wing with two guys flying at him is was the most Dirk Nowitzki disgusting kind of shot. Like I, I sent it to a, a friend of mine who's a big time Lakers fan. And I was like, this is the most Kobe looking shot I've seen him take in a while. Just cause it was like pure arrogance. I'm going to hit this shot and he buries it. And my friend uh, Dumman says back to me, he's like, Oh, now it's good to be like Kobe. And I'm like, all right like laser show relax like i'm just like the luca takes all kinds of like shots that make me angry but his shot was butter tonight oh yeah there's i'm i'm this is a ridiculous like dad based statement i'm gonna make i want to look at his home road splits after about 20 games (laughs) he's shooting better when he doesn't have to do baby stuff in the middle of the night yeah. realistically like let's be clear the the probable eventual billionaire doesn't have to do his own nighttime baby stuff but it's still hard and so it's like if he's not happening to do it on the road i'm curious if that affects his his play but like 
he's just I'm really leaning into the Luca of it all because he's so preposterous to watch. I just don't know what to do sometimes. Yeah, no, dude. Like I'll 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 talk to or be in like playback spaces or like having back and forth on Twitter with like people who are way smarter than me about basketball. Like I was talking uh to and or listening to uh the Kai's Duncan podcast with Steve Jones Jr. Uh, great show Uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about probably the pound for pound most basketball if you want to learn stuff like if even if you're a hardcore guy and i am and i but there's so much i don't understand that's probably the single best show to watch or listen to yeah a lot of well-meaning non-agenda carrying basketball explaining stuff it's great Yeah. yeah and like i'm in their playback a lot during games and Nikaias was talking about uh, the different guys he had on his MVP ballot. It had to be like a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. Uh, and where he had Luca, I think he had Luca, might have been fourth, fifth, something like that, maybe third. I don't know. He was like right behind Shea. And when he was talking about it, the way he was explaining it, obviously the numbers look good. The team is having success right now. You know, you can't really poke holes in that. There are some questionable losses here and there, but the thing that was kind of puzzling him and I can understand, you know, why at first glance it would the on off numbers looking kind of funky with Luca this year. And my response to that is usually when you get a game like this, it's like, okay, I hear you about the on off numbers looking a little funky, like with how the team is having success, you know, when he's off the court. Right. But when you factor in a lot of that happened earlier in the season, when we had Kyrie and we were running out, all the offensive players we could outside of Luca and lineup where he wasn't out there. You know, it'd be Kyrie, Tim, Josh, whatever other center that we had. And then we would send Luca back in with the scrub and say, make magic happen. And usually he would. Uh, and then you get games like this where if he sits a minute longer than he did, we lose this game in embarrassing fashion to Grayson Allen having 30 points. Right. And so, like, when it comes to performances like this, I'm not really trying to hear about his on-off numbers. Like, look at what he's doing on the court. Look at how efficient he's being, right? Yeah. Look at how much everyone on the team is relying on him and how much he's carrying him through. Because if he – honestly, even if he has the same process all game long and just a few of his shots don't fall in the first half, we're out of this game by the second quarter. You know – one, two thoughts kind of come to mind there. First, I think this might have been one of seven stocks, so so steals and, and yeah. um, blocks in a game. Individual markers like that defensively aren't always the best teller of, of how good a game defensively a player has. But if you're trying to explain to someone that this was one of Luca's finer defensive performances, that's kind of a thing I think you'd point to. Mm-hmm. Um but it can't be it can't be understated how valuable he was at times <clears throat> where even the the commentators which like i'm sorry ESPN ABC all day long really not my favorite just across the board i watched um, the game on mute <laughs> just not just not my favorite you know no one in particular just not my favorite um yeah. and and the luca probably he he shut down booker a couple of times and it was just like oh Luca can Luca can do this, and it's a reminder because you get a lot of fans, friends, haters, whatever you want to call them, people in your life that are like Luca doesn't play defense. Most of the time, they're right. Today, man showed up and played in those. You know, you said he was resting one more minute. It would have made a difference. I agree with you. I really, really, I really, really agree with you. It was this is the kind of MVP level performance and prime time where it's just like Luca. You know, when when Luca like. I want to say it was like a Denver game, like the very first Denver game of the year. I remember being like, Luca, why are you doing this? Stop embarrassing me on like live television because he had a number of turnovers on that, on the, uh, on the IST court. Then he comes out tonight. It's just, it's points. I'm going to be really, really mean to everybody who uh, talks shit to me over the next 24 hours. Just letting everybody know. It's the way it goes. Yeah. And then people act like, like it's a fluke. Like what we were talking about as far as where the team, and Luca in particular really hunkered down was in the fourth quarter. This is what they were doing regularly the first like eight, nine games of the season. Yes. Like I 
this isn't an isolated incident. I can go back to people remember, and they should, that ridiculous three-point hook shot that he hit against Brooklyn to yes. win that game. What people don't talk about enough is before that happened, Mikael Bridges tried to ISO on Luka three separate times, and he shut that shit down three possessions in a row. Like, doing shit like that. He's done that multiple times this season, and it's, people it's just don't true, talk about it. It's truly wild. It's truly wild. Brian, I've commandeered a lot of your time. Do you have anything else you want to you want to get off? And then I'm gonna head head to some of the other folks who are hanging out. No, I'm glad to be on, dude. I'm just I, excited for Kyrie to get back. Yes, can we do it already? For Josh and Maxie to get back. Yes, I I just I also love like like Kyrie. Just you remember? Um, you're old enough for this. Like where David Stern started to get upset with how people were dressing when they were not playing in games. <laughs> I really, appreciate, I really appreciate Kyrie's willingness to just be like, you know what? I'm dressing like I'm going over to my second mom's house and it's Christmas and I don't really want to go. And I'm yeah. just here. I'm here. We're going to have fun. Uh, hey, there's nowhere to go where, the, you know, the, the Mavericks still have a lot of room. Like there's not a lot of positives to take away from this many injuries, but I think that the Mavericks have different gears to get to. I don't want to necessarily say better, but I want to say different. And I'm excited to see that as this incredibly long season continues to pan, pan out. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Of course, dude. Peace. Peace. All right, coming up next, friend of the program, Doe Dang. Before I bring Doe up on stage, I want to encourage everybody to go and like the stream if you can. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your parents, anybody that wants to listen to the podcast, that wants to uh, um, participate in this sort of show. We have fun because basketball should be a communal experience, and I enjoy hanging out with you guys even at 1.30 on Monday night. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up next, Mr. Dang, what's happening tonight, guy? Hey, Kurt, you're a madman. I love your enthusiasm. I'm going to die tomorrow, but not not yet. That's okay. (laughs) You know, it's okay. We'll be fine. (laughs) <laughs> I agree with you. Those uh, analysts from ESPN were horrible. I always have to turn the mute down and listen to Cooperstein, you know, which is Chuck's good. Better. Chuck's very good. He's my favorite out of all of all the people that uh, do the shows. But uh, very satisfying. I love beating the Suns. It's the, one of the top five teams in the league that I really rejoice in beating, especially uh, seeing the look on Booker's face. Oh, he had a terrible game, especially the first period. But uh, 
I was a little upset. Uh, sometimes I wish Kid would call a timeout, tell the guys, "Hey, quit shooting threes and attack the basket." You know, you have you have two on threes going to the basket. You know, when, when Luca gets double teamed, they finally figured that out in the third period and started attacking the rim more. You know, and and that's when we really started closing out the game. You know, some of that skill. So we've not. It's been almost 90 minutes, and we, or I guess it's been almost an hour, and we've not yet made fun of Grant Williams attacking the rim and like looking like he got hit by a truck as he tried to like jump over a phone book. Um, <laughs> there's elements of that why that's why they don't do it because certain guys just can't. And like, I'm um, you know, I don't. I'm too old. I don't drive to the rim anymore. Sucks. But I, I understand what you mean because you would like to see that. And like, I think more guys like that come with time. Um, I think that seeing what Dante Exum has been able to do, seeing what Derek Jones Jr. has been able to do, if Luka Doncic is going to remain a Maverick for the next two to three years and beyond, which I hope, those are the kind of guys who will start to see, you know, it, it, Josh Bose said this repeatedly. It's he's been, he's been on this, this train for almost two years. If you're a mediocre wing, Come play with Luka Doncic and let's see what happens. Oh yeah, you'll get paid with, without a doubt. You know. Yep. Uh, the thing that I loved also about the season is Luka just looks like he's he's playing with a lot of passion and he's looks like he's having a good time. You know, I mean, the referee, you know, situation with him has been downed a whole lot compared to the pe- previous three years. You know, so it's really good to see. You know, he's playing with a lot of joy. Yep. Now. And I think it's paying off for the offseason. He looks so much fitter. This 50 that he got is probably the 50 easiest points that I've ever seen anybody score. You know, 25 shots. Um, the, the only thing closer for me, at least in the Mavericks uniform, had to be Dirk scoring 48 on, I think it was 14 shots against the Thunder, where he went to the line 25 times. But that was that was a different kind of game. I mean, hitting eight threes is bananas. He had fifty percent of his three pointers, so it's it's impossible. He's just he's he's off his rocker right now. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, uh, I think he's got his legs. You know, being in better shape, and it's really paying off. You know, but I'm still a little worried about him sustaining this forty minute clip. You know, in this this ten game stretch that we've been playing. You know, I mean, it's just kind of scary. You know, in some ways. You know. Yep. It very much is, but I think that he's the kind of tank at this stage in his career where he can deal with it. They do have to find times to rest him like they did against the Rockets, but I don't think he needs that much rest. They need to find more in-game rest for him, um, and maybe that'll come. We'll see. I hope so. You know, Lively was just spectacular. It was so great to see him back. I mean, a lot of times you saw Booker and uh, – and, uh, Durant running the rim, but they wouldn't finish when they saw live and closing down the lane. That was really great to see. That's right. Really good to see. So I'm really excited. I I hope we get a little more healthy and uh, we put things together and kid doesn't do anything to blow us up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you uh, hanging out. You got anything else for us? No, sir. Merry Christmas, Kurt. Merry Christmas. Talk soon, all right? Yes, sir. All right. Coming up next is my man, Brandon, who's been waiting patiently down there. Then we're going to go Micah. Then we're going to go Krishna. If you would like to talk, there should be a pinned link in the YouTube comments, which you can click and come up. You don't need to show your video, though I do like it because I like seeing faces. Um, You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer. It's remarkably easy. Brandon. Merry Christmas. I guess happy Boxing Day now for any of us Canadians and people, you know, that celebrate Boxing Day. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? I'm doing well, Kirk. I hope you and your family are doing well. Yeah, I've been up for 20 hours now. I'm not I'm not dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what you think of tonight's game? What's on your mind? Man, uh, they, they play good, man. You know, shout out to Luca. You know, I kind of wish the talking heads and kind of influenced the MVP award so much, but, you know, ESPN has so much influence and just I think social media in general has so much influence over who gets what's accolades and who's the quote-unquote top five and everything. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding. The dude's playing really well and he's trying on defense and, you know, he's he's willing the team to, you know, top spots in the, in the Western Conference and 
um, statistically as well, too. So, you know, regardless of what people say, you know, he's, he's playing at a, you know, MVP, MVP caliber, you know, level. And, and I just kind of hope that it continues. But like you said, the amount of minutes that he's playing is, is kind of, you know, unheard of. And hopefully when Kyrie comes back, you know, he'll get to take a take a breather. Well, and, and I, I this is just a thought I had kind of arbitrarily right now, as you mentioned, Luca's minutes. So during during the regular season, I think scouting reports on teams are kind of skeleton where it's like this is these are the sets these guys run. This is certain guys tendencies, yada, yada, yada. I think by the time Kyrie comes back, the recent tape on the Mavericks is going to be useless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, obviously there, you want Kyrie to play as much as possible, but there's a little bit of an element of surprise where Kyrie being an X factor is going to be really helpful and going to be really fun. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays with this sort of vibe because, you know, he's not even before he got hurt, he's he's had probably 10, maybe eight games where he had spurts and maybe two games the entire year where he was like, Oh, this is the Kyrie Irving of legend. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause Kyrie Irving is, is just, he's just the perfect, like he's like a folklore basketball player. Cause the kind of things he does, it's like Paul Bunyan, only five foot 11 or no, he's taller than that. He's six, three. Um, but it, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that element of, of, of him coming back. The, this, this team, I think they have a ceiling. I don't want to crap on anybody's feelings, but they're going to, they're just so confusing to play mm-hmm. because it's like you look at them and you're like, well, it's, it's Luca and a bunch of guys who are six foot four and Derek lively. And then they come and score 108 points on you. Like, what are you supposed to do about that? I kind of hope that kid and you know, Kyrie to me, he showed that he could play one a and one B when they won a championship with Cleveland. So I don't absolutely. Think they- he would have a problem with being 1B, especially if they decide to do, like, I guess you could say, the quote-unquote blue team, green team, or green team, white team, however they want to split up the roster to right. know, have, have Kyrie, or however they want to do it. I just kind of hope that kid doesn't place all of the scoring or potential scores in, you know, the starting lineup, you know, because I think he has talent to where he doesn't need everybody that can score on the floor at first because if that happens it seems like it could hinder some of the guys like maybe hinder Exum or maybe hinder somebody else that could you know well maybe not even Exum or like Jones Jr somebody as opposed to doing something strategic like you know kind of maybe what Rick would do kind of sure. you know fluctuate the lineup or try to put people in place to succeed instead of just putting all of the, the scores you know in at once which I don't think would be really conducive, but I definitely think that he wouldn't have a problem being, you know, one A one B. And I think the Suns right now are having a hard time, you know, seeing who's the alpha, and you know, with it being one basketball, getting everybody the opportunity to shine. Durant, he was excellent at Golden State because there was unselfishness. Yeah, you know, all around everybody, but now. These guys are just so ball dominant, you know, just because that's just how they are. Yeah. Cooper C made a point. He was like that, you know, super team is kind of out the window because, look, you got these three players sucking up all the money and they're not – they've only played together – I forgot how many minutes he said they played together. It's like 25. It's something insane. It's crazy. All that money and, you know, all that talent, but they've only played together so, so much. But he, he brought the point, like, you know, it's kind of, you know, out the door. And you got, like, just Kyrie and Luca, you got mm-hmm. enough cash flow. You should have enough cash flow to kind of, you know, build a roster as opposed to, like, the super team. And I'm just kind of hoping that kid doesn't have a super team mentality and try to shove everybody in the, in the starting lineup. I don't think so because, you know, the, the Mavericks, when they won the title – I, I get killed for this take, but I think that like Karan Butler getting hurt was bad for the regular season, but prob- I, I, my take was that it was good for establishing a pecking order because that year prior against the Spurs, Butler took more shots 
in that series than Dirk Nowitzki, which is insane. Right. And I, I think there's, you know, these guys who have played on championship level rosters understand sort of role placement. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong about Butler. It's neither here nor there. But I think that when you watch it, like the fact that the Mavericks, I think they're now eight and five without Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And so you know, Kyrie's a smart guy, mm-hmm. like brilliant guy, realistically. Mm-hmm. He knows what's going to work best. He'll figure it out. And, and so it's like if everybody sort of knows their position, I don't think the Mavericks have any interest in building a, a super team. I just think they have an, an, an interest in building the best possible team that can go win games. I mean, there's, you know, they got, you know, the Mavericks moved on from Casey Smith. And sometimes I feel like they're, 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 you know, their medical staff is like Dr. Nick from the Simpsons mm-hmm. and maybe I'm wrong, but these new rules with awards and stuff resulting in guys playing more has been extraordinarily helpful for the Mavericks and Luca because Luca by now would have sat three games. He just would have. And instead he's on the court every night and they're racking up wins. I mean, what are they now? The Mavericks are now 18 and 12, 18 and 12. Holy shit, man. You know, and Kirk, what's so crazy is that, you know, they, the Mavs kind of swore by Casey Smith as being like this this top guru type guy, but you know a lot of guys stay hurt. I kind of wonder if you know it's it's also a lot of the guys really going in more focused, like Luca, you know, going in more focused. He you know kind of I think in an article he kind of admitted he wasn't going to drink as much, and you know he was going to kind of focus more on on you know conditioning and everything. So I kind of wonder if a lot of that is attributed to you know the guys going in more dedicated than they did last year because I think that's right the way that they're playing is also kind of a testimony of you know if that if that's the case of hard work because think about Hardaway you know someone could I mean I guess it's maybe far-fetched but all the charges he's taking and the, the effort that he's putting in is is it's a lot showing that he could be up for you know kind of most improved player he's not playing the best defense but it's significantly different than what he did. You know, those 19 charges, a lot of them could, people could say this a lot like somebody's just trying to chase down blocks, but at the same time, you know, he's getting those calls and he's kind of leading the league. And plus he's being more consistent, you know, on the court. Yep. So I kind of wonder if that kind of carries over from, you know, him going in laser focused. And also think about this, the Mavs, they're shooting way a higher percentage uh within the paint, you know, within the, within the three points, you know, kind of 50%, something like that. So the, it may not seem like a lot more, but they're scoring a lot more in the paint. And uh, I would like to see them shoot more, you know, kind of step in some, but they're definitely scoring more within the paint. And I kind of wonder if all of this is just, you know, kind of a testimony of what dedication will get them guys. Love it. Brandon, I hope you had a uh, a pretty good day. and This is a great way to end the night. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You got anything else? No, sir. Thank you, Kurt. All right. Have a good one. Talk soon. I have no idea when the Mavericks play next. That's been, uh, that's been my favorite thing that happens after almost every game, where you can just tell that I'm living game by game, despite the fact that I run a website. All right. We have two folks left, Micah and Krishna. If anybody else wants to come up, we got nearly 300 people here hanging out live. There's got to be somebody else that wants brand new folk that wants to come tell me something that they're thinking. You know, guys, this is it's supposed to be fun. I'm having fun. I look terrible. I have a face for radio. That's sort of the nature of this. Uh, but I'm having a great time. Um, I don't want to go to bed because when I get up in the morning, that means I have responsibilities, things like that. All right, Krishna, what's up, man? Then Mike is going to close this out. Kirk, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Got some got some books for Christmas. Got some socks. And the youth of the chat will probably not understand the value of good socks. But I do now. I'm there. It's, I'm at that point in my life. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what I was expecting for this game. I felt pretty good with all the, the injury reports and everything. I think getting Lively back, like you can just see the impact he has for this team immediately. Uh, 20 and 10 is still ridiculous. Like I think we're getting to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, 20 and 10. That's very, very good. Um, and it's like it's insane that that's already kind of like normal. Um, you know, Luca talked about it in his presser. Like he trusts him a lot, you know, that he's playing like a 10-year vet. I, probably over exaggeration, but in the sense that you can see that there's a trust there, which I think is easy to build when you have someone who, you know, as Luca talked about, he just trusts him and he's paying it off. Right. I think it's one thing to trust your teammate. And then it's another thing to actually pay it off. Like I think about the, 
I don't remember when it was in the fourth quarter, but it was later in the fourth quarter where I think Tim throws it to, and maybe it was Tim or someone. I don't remember. It was from the left side of the three throws it to, throws it to lively and he does a reverse dunk. And that's like not even the first time he's done that this season, but I think about how many centers could actually do that. And I don't know if there are that many. And so he's been sensational. And then obviously everyone's probably talked about it at this point, but it's kind of insane how good Luca has been all season. And the consistency is something we just haven't seen. I think minus one game, it's just been phenomenal. And there's not really, there's nothing I can complain about. And, I, and I'm glad that it's that way. And all the MVP stuff, I get it. But I also think it's such a long season. The narratives change so quickly. I think this point last year, everyone was vying and saying Jokic is for sure the MVP. And it shows that, I think it goes to show that the narrative always changes very, very quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's too long a season. It's too long a season. And I get what you're saying, right? It, right now, I would say, yes, I agree. I think Embiid's probably the likelihood favorite just because of their record. But I think one thing I think that's going to hurt his narrative is if he keeps missing these big games, his playoff record is going to kill him. And him missing a lot of games is going to kill him. So uh, it's it's not something I'm like super... I don't know. I don't know what to say amped about. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not completely following it as closely just cause it's a little too early in the season for me to care that much. But I, I think just like everyone I'm invested in, I hope, I hope he gets it. Obviously, you know, him and, and Dirk are kind of similar in that way where they're never going to publicly recognize or like acknowledge the fact that they want to win that trophy, but you would obviously want them to, to have it because right. they're deserving players of it. So That'd be cool. And then I, just in terms of the roster, you know, I get all the frustrations. I, I'm i not going to shy away from the fact, like, I don't try to bash players super hard, super, I don't know, I guess, like, a lot. But Better I, man than I am. Well, I just have a – I just always think, like, you never know what player is going to do what in what situation. Also, like, I think about, like, if I'm going to say something, or especially, like, in a platform like this or, you know, like, on social media, like, even if no one's going to see it, like, if I said that to their face, like, would I have the courage to say it to their face? Oh, yeah. you know? So that's kind of why, it, and it's just a personal thing, right? I, I I need to like make this clear. If you want to say whatever you want to say, sure, feel free right. to do it. Like everyone's open to it. It's just for me personally, and so. But I can admit, like Grant has just not been good. He's not been good, and I think uh, it's more than a deserved benching, and he needs to kind of look in. It's not a benching. It's just he's not been good enough to play in the starting role, and so. Yeah. Until he makes the case, if he makes the case to start again, that mm-hmm. is all for the good for the Mavericks. For sure. And and part of it is like, this is something very similar to Luca, where I feel like this would have happened last year with Luca. Like, yeah, I think should Booker have probably gotten a flagrant on that foul? Sure. But you can't let that, you know, you can't let that continue. Like you can't give the other team a reason to do to make you do stupid things, uh-huh. which is the thing is. And part of it comes with uh, the youth and the inexperience. And he's still young. Like, I think it's easy to forget that. He's played a lot of years, but he's still relatively young. And uh, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just – that's my reasoning for it. But other than that, I feel like if that's the really the worst thing that happened from this game, the fact that you got a really great uh, Derek Jones Jr. game, I think helps. And you and Josh have talked about it. It's not that these guys are – superstar or elite level role players it's just that they're very talented role players they are guys who can step up in situations that you need and you know we often feel like oh we want everyone hitting on all cylinders but the, the reality is no team has every single player playing to their best capabilities at all times typically you just you want your superstars doing that and then you want two or three other guys to come along for the ride and it feels like in this stretch which i thought would be a gauntlet and we still kind of have a gauntlet um you wondered who we were playing we're playing cleveland in dallas on wednesday and then the next day we go to minnesota which is a cleveland game is a trap game it's a trap game because cleveland they're pretty good and we're not going to take them seriously not to not to cut in on your uh somebody listened to the show adam hurley said you guys only beat the bad teams and i want to point out that that's a big step for these dallas mavericks (laughs) Because yeah, I mean, they the, used to not beat the bad teams and only beat the good teams. <laughs> I mean, last year is uh, solid evidence for that. In a point where their season was on the line, they lost two back-to-back games to the Charlotte Hornets. <sighs> so say whatever you want. They were yeah. not they're not a good team. They were not a good team then. Right. So it's clearly this team has I think I think part of it is Luca, right? Like Luca yeah. as a leader has grown where 
he's clearly wise enough to the fact that like if he wants to um actually win like like keep these like keep these uh, narratives about like the team not winning and stuff quiet he has to beat these teams that are bad and i i give the maps credit they've been doing really well like i i feel like there's been so many times in this season where it's like oh this is a trap game this is a trap game really the only game where i feel like that's happened and it's kind of come to consequence was probably that nuggets game last week where just pretty much everyone was tired and out and then right. rockets game but it's like two games which i i can be good with whereas when luca's been playing it feels like they've had a chance in every game of the season which is pretty rare pretty rare pretty special but um, I don't. I think I was just talking about role players, but it's just been great. Like a game, Dante had a solid game, not a great game, kind of in foul trouble, but you just felt like guys stepped up, and you just talked about it. Guys stepped up in the fourth quarter when they needed to, and huge. It's refreshing. It's just a refreshing change. It was, and like, like it was the kind of game where I was like walking around my living room in my kitchen and just being a being a shit, and like I, I just I had a great time had a great like i was you know i was emoting as the as you know as the proper description i was it was so so much fun man it's it's even it's it's better i think it's better when it's the suns too just because you know they could have drafted well it's it they could have drafted luca and you know because devin booker is 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 really quite handsome and he just you know they're in the west coast because if this was a east coast media market booker would not been able to get away with this shit you know, he stormed off like a priss during the you know post game stuff. It just it's a uh, that that hilarious Mark Jackson account said something to the the effect of with all due respect this is not a rivalry and it's like that's because it's not a rivalry. But I appreciate how much these two don't like each other. Like there's this special punch to a game which because everybody you know Luca and Jokic like each other. I think Luca and Durant like each other, but like Booker and Luca hate each other. And it it just it fills my heart with a special kind of sports joy with that kind of thing. It's it's just it's nice. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I think it's funny because when Luca was drafted before the KP trade happened, I actually wanted the Mavs to go out and get Booker when the Suns were historically horrific because I felt like Booker is I, I still feel this way. I don't think Booker will ever be a first option on a team, on a championship team. I don't think he's good enough as a shooting guard to do that. He just doesn't have the passing skills and he's not consistent enough in big moments as a shooter. Well, their he's- offense also gave me like low key Luca without the Maver- or Mavericks without Luca vibes where it was like dribble, 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 one screen shot. And it's like, ugh, they need something different. I think Booker's actually quite a talented point guard, but they need an offense. I don't, I don't know. I just don't think he's, I don't think he's great. He doesn't make the right reads every single time. Like if you're a really elite point guard, like you for as, as much as we like clown on Chris Paul, the reason Chris Paul has had the longevity he's had is because his ability to make the right reads is next to none, especially considering his size. And Booker, well, he's just never done that in his career up to this point. And so having him do that, he's just not he's had moments of doing it this season, uh-huh. but he's not done it consistently one over his career and two over the season. And the better teams are going to force you into mistakes force you to play um, force you to make the t- like make your you know toughest moments try to make something happen that's what makes Luka Jokic um, you know LeBron really great is even in a situation where they're quote-unquote negative players specifically on offense they can yep. still get something done whether it's making their team getting a teenager shot whatever and I don't think Booker I, I, I'm not gonna have to say Booker could never get there I shouldn't say that but he's not there yet and I think that's what is holding him back and I look at the Suns overall and, you know, all the offseason talk about their signings. And I, and I look and I say, look, those guys are good players, but they're all good if you're they're your 10th to 15th guy on your roster. Where That's it's like, right. You have one or two injuries. They're going to come in for a few games. That's fine. But when you're asking Chemezi Metu and, you know, you're asking Okogi and you're asking, you know, obviously Grayson has a, had a good game tonight, but you're asking these guys to be your sixth, your seventh, your fourth, your fifth, now you're a third player at times. It's just not going to be viable, especially when Kevin Durant, like, you know, he's he's just getting older. Like, that's just the hard truth. I mean, the, it's a miracle he came off the Achilles at that time and played so well. And so, I don't know. That's just the Suns. They have their own problems. But for me, I think it's just been encouraging. Like, I think I obviously want this team to win a championship, but I also know, you know, my brain has one thing where it's like, I know realistically this team is probably not going to. 
but in my heart, I'm just also enjoying that this team is playing winning basketball and some of the games, yes, they're not comfortable, but it's exciting to feel like the team has had a chance in most of these games that they've played in, which is something I feel like we haven't always been able to say. It feels like when we've gotten these wins, it feels almost like, oh, wow, we, I don't know how we did it. And now it feels like there's almost a formula, like a consistency to this team is going to fight back. They're not going to let, you know, just let Malay, a malaise take over them, which is something yep. we a lot last year and even the year before. And I think that's something positive and hopefully it continues. And, you know, I'm not going to take anyone's uh, night up too long more, but everyone take care and have a great night. You too, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Um, I'm bringing up my guy, uh, Micah, here last. But before we close out, I want to note, head on over to MavsMoneyBall.com. If you're not able to sleep, um, one of our guys, Isaac, turned in 1,800 words on Luka Doncic scoring 10,000 points for his career. He it, it starts off as a bit of a newser, but then he breaks down just how the 10,000 points happened. Great work. was really excited to get it for a Christmas Day game. Um, there's also, you know, the recap, I apparently have to go write a post after this, which I'm just, I, I cannot tell you how not pleased I am about that, but it's my own fault. I run the website. I could have literally given out to somebody else, but I'm a fucking moron. Micah, welcome to the show. Kirk, how's it going? Well, you know, it's going, it's going. I got to think how to get there tomorrow. Uh, I got my seven year old home with me. We might be playing some video games. We might be, uh, I invested, uh, one of those Christmas presents was this cool product called Dribble Up, uh, which uses the iPad and it teaches like sports classes. Um, I'm going to be real tired, going to be injecting caffeine into my eyeballs, but right now I'm having a great time. So what's going on? Um, well, let's start off with the obvious. Uh, 50, 15, 7, 4, and 3 is just, preposterous that is a dawn that's what a top five player can do for a team that's right that's right it's just like he has to be the greatest equalizer in sports it's like he changes you from a bottom tier team to automatic contender like like what he's doing on the court is just amazing He's reviving careers out here, Kirk. These guys didn't have a spot in the league. They're taking Batmans, and now all of a sudden they're looking like borderline all stars. Like, where are we? Do- We're doing this with nineteen-year-old rookies. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if that's not MVP type stuff, I don't know what is. It's a good take. That's a good take. I like that one. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. So, well, what what else? What else did you see tonight? What else did you? What well, is there anything you didn't like? Um, I didn't really see much that I didn't like. Um, I mean, unless I'm talking about from the Phoenix side. Sure, we can like, make fun of the Suns. We've been here over. We've been here nearly ninety um, minutes. Let's make fun of the Suns. Who's that guy on their roster that guards the Dukes? Yeah. Like it, it like. We're we're keeping like Becky Hammond said, we're keeping it brass taxes. Sure. If you're trying to win a championship, you need two components to your team. That's right. You need a dude, and you need someone who guards the dudes. So who on the Suns guards the dudes? <sighs> I like the take because they don't, you know, who's the, uh, gosh, what's, I don't even have the box score pulled up anymore. Um, who should, who should it be? Josh Kogi, maybe Kate, Kate Bates Diop is, are those like maybe the two? I mean, I suppose you would say, but they're, so, but, they're but they're, but they're like Vanderbilt. Sure. They're so negative offensively that you can't have them on the floor. I mean, Grant Williams is like, I don't think you risk Grant, not Grant Williams, um, uh, Ted Cruz. What the fuck? What's his name? Um, <laughs> Grace Allen. Grace Allen. Yeah. You don't risk Grace Allen because he might cause like an international incident with how, with how he plays defense. Yeah. So, but it's like, if it's just like, that's just like getting, getting the brass taxes. That's just, yeah. 
those basketball convi- convictions if you've watched the sports for a long time. Right. Those two but, components. I mean, I, you I, have I would a, say. Do you have a top seven dude? Do you have somebody that can guard a top seven dude? Yeah. If they ask that either one of those or not, you're not winning. That's right. You know, it's t- I mean, I feel like the Mavericks have sort of similar problems. Only when Luca is so good offensively, sometimes it doesn't matter. Um, they they desperately need Grant Williams, and I, I just I've decided that Grant Williams is late stage nation of domination. D'Lo Brown. Um, it's a I'm a really like that's an old person reference. We're talking like late '90s WWE shit. Where you know D'Lo Browns is out there t- shaking his head, talking to shit, and then losing matches on SmackDown because that that's like we need Grant Williams to step up because he is burnt toast on the defensive end so often. Now I get it; he had three blocks. He's not terrible in the as 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 a help defender and in the lane, but like I can't right. stand watching the man get beat off single dribble moves. That shit drives me crazy. Um, he's he's a he's a slower guy. That's just kind of. Almost the defense that he's meant to play. That's why he. That's why he looked. Look, I'm I'm a big KD fan. I love his game, but the reason that Grant looks like he has good possessions against him is KD can't. He can't handle physicality. Yep. So that's why somebody that's big like Grant is like. With that, with the size that he's got, too, can just body you. That's he kind of bot he bothers finesse players, right? Right, but at the, at the same time, even though I'm saying for a team, it's just like I mean, just an amazing revelation. You gotta give Nico props on this, but if you're even looking at somebody like Dante Exum, like. I can trust him to guard at top guard, and then he's still going to, but he's not going to be so much of a negative offensively. So I can keep him on the floor, right? I can see so that. It's, it's, it's just different aspects for the team, and I, I don't feel like they have that in fix, and I think that's part of why KD is frustrated. That's why the reports are coming out, but I mean, he keeps on doing it to himself. That's 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 where I settle with him. That's that's where I settle with him for sure. But uh, I, I will I will take him on the Dallas Mavericks for the low low price of uh, Jaden Hardy, and that's all. Oh, um, Grant Williams, Jaden Hardy, and Grant hey, Williams. Check it out. We, got, we got you, Timmy, Rashawn Holmes, and whatever you else. You want some you depth? Here's some depth. We got it. <laughs> good man. All right. Well, I'm going to clear out because I got to go to bed soon. Thanks so much for uh, staying up late and talking with us. All right. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, Kurt. Merry Christmas as well, big guy. Talk soon. All right, guys. Thank you so much. If you could go, I'm going to close out this video here in about 15 seconds. If you could go and leave a comment on the actual video itself. Go click the like button, all that stuff. I'd really appreciate it. Those of you who are listening to an audio form of the show, please consider coming and joining the YouTube show. We have a great, great time. Merry Christmas to everyone. Have a great Boxing Day if you celebrate. We'll be back uh, the next time the Dallas Mavericks play basketball. Uh, Thanks so much for hanging out. Go Mavs.